Please bow your heads with me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we praise you that you have gathered us together with one another and with you. That united with you, we may stand as your people. Remind us of your promise and grant us your spirit that we may trust all that you say. In Jesus' name, amen. You ever feel like um, that little plant I just had, disconnected, not much to look at, (laughs) kind of cut off from your source of strength and power, like there's not much hope for this to grow into something great. I know I have that feeling from time to time. In that moment, what voice runs through your head? In that time when you are faced with Trouble in the world, trouble in your home, trouble at work, trouble in life. When you are looking at it going, there is no way that I'm going to get to where I need to be. Or that we are going to become what we want to become. What voice runs through your head at that time? Is it the voice that Abram heard? Is it the voice that came to Abram that said... I will be with you. This this life that seems like not enough for you, this air that isn't even your own, that's not what I have in store for you. I have your very own issue. Trust me. Trust me. I promise I am with you. Is it the voice that you hear in those times is the voice that leads Paul when he is imprisoned for speaking in Jesus' name, for turning people away from the gods that they served and created, that formed a very big part of their economy to the worship to worshiping the God who is known and seen only and fully in the person named Jesus Christ who came, lived, and died and rose again. Paul, imprisoned for that message, as he is in prison, says, Brothers and sisters, join in imitating me. Have you ever had a prisoner come to you and say, join in imitating me? (laughs) Observe those who live according to the example you have in us, for many live as enemies of the cross. Think about that. Many live as enemies of the cross. How many live just to avoid the suffering, the pain, and the stuff that is out there? 
to, to get it out and away from us at all cost. Paul says that's not the way of life that we know. Their end is their destruction. Their God is their belly. Their glory is in their shame. Their minds are set where? On earthly things. Our citizenship. Who do we belong to? We belong in heaven. We belong in God's kingdom. We belong to Him. It is from there that we are expecting a Savior. Paul in prison hears a voice that tells him he will transform this body of our humiliation that it may be conformed to the body of his glory by the power that also enables him to make all things subject to himself. Therefore, my brothers and sisters whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, what? Stand firm. Stand firm. It's not that Abram and Paul didn't face hardship. They did. It's not that your neighbor doesn't face hardship. They do. It's not that you don't face hardship. You do. God doesn't promise us otherwise. In fact... Read the Scriptures and you will come to a very clear conclusion that God promises us nothing else. Well, He promises more, but He promises us that we will face hardship. Not that we avoid it. That it will come. He promises us something else. He says, as you face it, you are not alone. You need not fear it. You need not crumble before it. You need not throw up your hands and say, well, I guess God has abandoned us. No. God is present in it, with us, for us, working through us to bring about a promise that changes everything. A promise that comes when another one who knew hardship named Jesus finishes the work on the third day. Jesus in the Gospel today is in the northern region of Galilee where He's been doing His work. He's been healing. He's been casting out demons. He's been preaching. He's been feeding. He's been drawing the crowds. He does all of this following on the heels of John the Baptist who called in that same area a group of people to return to the Lord, to repent from their own ways, to put their trust in God, not in their own ability. That John said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. There's a new way of life that is before you. And you know what John met? From Herod, he met a death. Herod said, finally, I will listen to you no more. And Jesus' ministry grows up out of that. In that same place. So that in our gospel today, as Jesus is continuing to draw the crowds, and, 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 and this message is continuing to be proclaimed, the kingdom of God is at hand. There is something new that God is doing. 
Do you not see it? The leaders of the day go to Jesus and say, you better get out of here because Herod's going to kill you too. (laughs) That's what they say. One of the few places in the scripture where it seems like the Pharisees are looking out for Jesus. Now you can debate whether or not they were actually looking out for him or not. But but the the plain and simple truth of it is they come to Jesus and they say, you better get out of here because Herod's going to kill you just like he did John. Did Jesus face hardship there? Yeah. What voice does he hear? He's not worried about what Herod says, is he? Go tell that fox. I got work to do. That's what he says. I'm going to be doing my work today, tomorrow, the next day. It'll be finished. On the third day, it'll be finished. And we know we've heard the whole story that what Jesus is referring to is that he is going through the cross to resurrection to a transformation that doesn't avoid death but that embraces it goes through it and makes life new today and tomorrow I am healing I am casting out demons and on the third day my work will be complete Brothers and sisters, we are on this journey with Jesus. And the world doesn't look like it's ready, does it? We don't seem like we're ready, do we? This week we've been, uh, many of us, uh, going through the Red Letter Challenge, and it's, and it's a week of being. And the, the, uh, uh, the, the idea of being with Christ, of listening to that voice, of hearing God's word, of spending time with Jesus. Why? Why do we spend time with Him? Not so that we can say, all right, now I've got all the answers to everything, but so that when life gets crazy, we hear the right voice. So that when the world seems to be falling apart around you, you may stand firm, what, in your own strength to hold up the world? I think not. What do we stand firm in? We stand firm in our belief that we have a God who has promised that he will never leave us or forsake us. That death itself isn't a problem. Because he lives again. You stand firm, not in our ability to change the world, but in the truth that God has already done it. You stand firm, not in your ability to overcome hatred and violence and fear and prejudice, but that in Jesus all have been found guilty and forgiven. And in Him, there is no division anymore. We stand firm, not in our ability to enforce our own way, or our own will, or to gain our own control, but to trust that the One who is in control is still firmly there. That's hard to hold on to, isn't it? But that is the voice of the one 
who we call Lord, the one who invites you today to come to his table and to receive his life, his body, his blood, his sacrifice, himself given for you because nothing will stop him from fulfilling his promise to you. That's what God has been saying for a long time. All the way back to Abram. In a vision with crazy smoking pots and torches that pass through what? Animals that are split in two. We look at this and it's so bizarre, but here's the thing. Abram said, how can I trust this, that this will happen when I look at all of what is happening in my life and all that is missing and all that isn't there, all that I have no ability to create on my own? How can I trust that this is the case? And the answer that God gives him is this strange picture to us. But it's not so strange to Abram because the picture that is here is a covenant promise. It's an agreement that God makes with Abram long ago. And he says, and this is the way they made those agreements. When they would promise each other, they would make the, the agreement and then they would sacrifice animals. And the, and the animals would be split in two and they would be laid on either side. And then what would happen? The parties that made the promise would walk through. They would pass through the center of these slain animals. Why? Because here's what they're saying. Let this be what happens to me if I break this promise. And here's where it is so good news for Abram and for you and for me and who are all who are claimed by this promise. Who passes through those animals? God alone. Abram sees it. God makes the promise. And Jesus fulfills it for you, for me, for everyone. We stand firm in the promise that comes to us in Jesus who is not swayed by the power of Herod or anyone else, who is not worried that Jerusalem slays every prophet that comes to it, but who, as he says, desires to draw all his children under his wings. May we not resist. May we know who we are. May we rest today and stand firm.
because the world is secure, not because of us, but because of Jesus. Amen.